It says, Mary treasured these things and pondered them in her heart. And she gives us a good example. You hear both Christians and non-Christians complain about the commercialization of Christmas. And yet it continues year after year. You see on television where there are almost riots trying to get into Walmart fighting over the greatly discounted gifts. And then other people get caught up in the frivolity. Well, I guess I'm as sentimental as the next guy, but I try to go deeper beyond the lights and the reindeer and things like that. Other ones, they get caught up in the commercialism and the greed. What are they going to get for Christmas? What can they give to someone else? We need to concentrate on the spiritual side of Christmas, not the material. And that's what we'll do tonight. It has to do with the right attitude. Some people get sidetracked on other things concerning the Christmas story. That I've, For example, I've studied who are the wise men, what's the significance of the gifts. But we don't want to miss out on Jesus. Not only is he the reason for the season, he is the center of all history, the center of all God's dealings with mankind. He is the one that we should meditate upon, like Mary, pondering these things pondering him in our heart. We find other examples in the Christmas story. In Luke chapter 1, an angel had made an announcement before making the announcement to Mary, made the announcement to a priest named Zacharias. And it says in chapter 1, verse 18, he said, how can these things be? And he doubted. And so God punished him temporarily by taking away his voice and said through the angel, you'll not be able to speak until you really believe this promise. So months passed. He said, how can these things be? But he doubted. And so he was silenced to think about these things. Lesson for us is we need to be silent when we think deeply about Jesus. Turn off the television, the cell phone, the computer, the tablet the radio, television, all of this, get alone with God in silence and ponder it in faith, not doubt, like Zacharias. And then Zacharias' wife Elizabeth was told, and unlike Zacharias, she believed because the announcement was not just about Jesus coming into the world, but about Zacharias and Elizabeth, who were well advanced in years, they will have a child. Zacharias doubted that, but Elizabeth believed, and she conceived. And then she went and spoke with Mary, and God had appeared to Mary through the angel. Now think about this. Zacharias and Elizabeth with spouses that had different attitudes to this great miracle. Even today, a family can be divided. A husband is a believer and the wife isn't. Or maybe it's the wife. Maybe neither, maybe both. But they can have greatly different attitudes about Jesus. And that's why when we meet with family tomorrow, be open to saying something about Jesus with unbelieving relatives. For example, 
This afternoon, I had a long talk with my cousin Charlie back in Texas. We've been good friends since we were little boys. And earlier this year, I sent him a CD of a message about Jesus. And he says, Kurt, I really liked it. Now, this friend is a Catholic. That's not a barrier. We're still friends and we rejoice in Jesus. He said he listened to that message three or four times and he wanted to thank me and we had had long conversations. I'm praying for my other relatives, some that are atheists, other ones are Methodists, Baptists, Episcopalians, Catholics. My point is, try to share the gospel with family. You'll find some are believers, some are not. Zacharias wasn't believing yet but in the fullness of time, he did come to believe like his wife, Elizabeth. And then there was Joseph, who was not the biological father of Jesus. He was the adoptive father. You could call him the stepfather. But the angel made the announcement to him. And how did he respond? Matthew 1.20 says, while he thought about these things, he didn't jump to the wrong conclusion like Zacharias and said, well, how can this be? He didn't immediately believe, he thought about it. There's a lesson. When we share the gospel, some people might say, no, it can't be, can't be. God in the flesh, virgin birth? No, it sounds like superstition. Ask them, think about this. Think about it. And tell them what the Bible really says. Joseph thought about these things. He was bewildered because the text also says he had heard that Mary was expecting and he knew he wasn't the father. And it says he wanted to divorce her quietly, not put her to shame. And so the angel said, no, no, this baby is from God, special baby, born of a virgin. Mary's not been unfaithful. And then at that point, he believed and he obeyed. He didn't divorce her. He took Mary as his betrothed wife. And then we kind of read between the lines that the angel had appeared to Mary, appeared to Joseph, and now they talk. What would they talk about? What did the angel say to you, Mary? Joseph, what did he say to you? Different details, and they talked about it. They pondered it together with one another, and that increased their faith. If you're a believer, talk about these things with other believers. Talk about them with your children, with your grandchildren. And then later, after Jesus had been born, they came to present baby Jesus at the temple, and they met an old man named Simeon. And Simeon said, this is what I've been waiting for. Because Luke says it had been revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Messiah. And now he says, this is the baby that's the Messiah. And they told the, he told them to Mary and to Joseph. And Luke 2.33 says, Joseph and Mary marveled at those things which were spoken of him by Simeon. Again, they're pondering this, and it's turning to marvel. Marvel means a sense of wonder and joy, a holy curiosity. We need to be like Joseph and Mary as well as Simeon. Ponder these things, and that will increase your faith and produce a sense of wonder and worship. Not just saying, how could it be, but it is true. And we wonder as we ponder. Be amazed. You know, little children are easily amazed by something, some little trick, something on the computer. Sometimes when they're so young, they'll just look at a flower in amazement. Everything is new to them. 
Unfortunately, children often grow up and they lose that sense of wonder. They want it to be on a tablet, a computer, a cell phone, some new gizmo, and they're, they're wondering about that, but we need to wonder beyond that. The supernatural things of God should cause us a lifetime of wonder and holy amazement. And then there are others we see in the Bible. Sorry about this. Others heard about Zechariah that was, became mute. And it says that they began to speak as his lips were opened in Luke chapter 1, verses 65 and 66. It says that when he finally did believe what the angel said about the birth of the miraculous baby, he was able to speak for the first time in several months. And listen to what happened when the crowd saw that. It says, Fear came on all those that dwell around them. And all these sayings were discussed throughout all the hill country of Judea. And those who heard kept these sayings in their hearts. So you see the story is growing with Elizabeth, Zechariah, Simeon, Joseph, Mary, and now others hear about this, and it says they experienced a godly fear. The Bible speaks well of a godly fear. This isn't a fear of dread being punished, but a holy, ineffable reverence and respect for God. They sensed this is God at work. And it says they discussed these things. I'm sure that now he had much to say. So Zechariah opened his mouth and said, yes, I believe finally. And they said, you were silent all those months and now you can talk very suddenly. And it says all these things were discussed, not just by them, but word began to spread through the hill country of Judea. And it says those that heard these things kept them in their hearts. Word there is the same word, for when Mary kept these things in her heart, it's the word, they treasured them as gold and diamonds in their hearts. Oh, that this kind of announcement would spread throughout Springfield, Illinois, and America. It does spread through the Christmas hymns and when people come and hear the Bible preached. But oh, that our friends and family and neighbors and fellow citizens would respond with a holy fear and discuss it among themselves, and treasure it in their hearts. Then what about the shepherds? We look at that this morning. And then the angel appeared to them, and then many angels, they came, they saw, they worshipped Jesus. What did they do then? Luke 2.18 says, Then they went and told other people, even though it was late at night, and the people that heard the shepherds, quote, all who heard it marvel at those things which were told them by the shepherds. They too pondered these things. What does it mean? How can it be? Let's talk about it. Is it true? Do, do the Holy Scriptures tell us about this? So you see word is spreading and more and more people are pondering it in their minds and in their hearts. We need to tell other people like the shepherds did and invite them to ponder these things. Write a note on a Christmas card. Talk to someone and then just gradually bring the conversation around about Jesus. And you might say, what do you think is the real meaning of Christmas? Who is Jesus? Do you know what the Bible really says? Do you believe it? What does Jesus mean to you? Another lesson from 
Zacharias is that he was silent and then he spoke. The Bible says there is a time to be silent and to meditate. The Bible says, let all the world be silent before the Lord, for he comes to judge the world. We need to be silent and get alone and think about these things. Heart to heart with God. And then there's a time to speak, the Bible says. To share it with others. God has has given us this wonderful message to treasure in our hearts and to share that treasure with others. Perhaps you can tell them how you came to believe in Jesus. Or maybe read the Christmas story with them. Now we're going to concentrate especially upon Mary. Because we learn later in the story that the angel appeared now to her and made the announcement that we've just heard read to us. And the angel made that wonderful announcement, not just the same announcement to Elizabeth and Zacharias that they would have a baby. In that instant, Zacharias would be the father. And Elizabeth was well advanced in years. And now Elizabeth's cousin Mary was just a teenage girl It was a virgin, and the angel said, God has sent me to tell you, you will be the mother of the Messiah. God will be the father. She knew she was a virgin. How can this be? It can't happen. I know enough about human reproduction. I can't be a mother yet. Are you talking about Joseph? No, Joseph won't be the father In verse 35, the angel says, God is the Father. The Holy Spirit will do this miracle in you. And so that child that will be born will be holy, the Son of God. So she heard it straight from an angel. But she said in verse 34, how can this be? The exact same question that Zacharias asked in doubt, she asked it in faith, wanting more information. She did not say this can't be she said yes give me more information how it will happen and then the angel said it will be by a miracle and then we come to the great verse that happened after the shepherds came and went back to their sheep and the shepherds went and told other people chapter 2 verse 19 says but mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart that's what we should do as well Pondered, ponder those things and ponder Jesus in our heart. The word ponder has been variously translated in different translations as deeply thought about them, turned them over in her mind, often thought about them. And then also, she meditated upon this. She thought deeply about it. She contemplated it. She mused on it. She ruminated on it. She digested, she chewed it over, she reflected on these things. She deliberated in her mind, she considered it, she mulled it over. You get the feel of this? It wasn't just a quick thing. She thought about it deeper and deeper and asked questions and thought about what the scriptures did. And she did it in an attitude of worship and faith. It was deep, not shallow, and it wasn't merely sentimental like some people at Christmas. They get sentimental with some of the songs. It doesn't go any deeper. It went deeper with Mary. It should with us as well. Philippians 4, 8 says, think on these things. And in Luke 9, 44, Jesus was speaking to his apostles and he said this, let these words sink down into your heart. You see, we hear it in our ear, and it should go into our heart, 
Jesus said, let it go deep in your heart. Sink like a lead weight in water. Other people it's just shallow and some people it doesn't even go in their ears, let alone their hearts. One of our great hymns says, take time to be holy. We need to take time to think deeply about Jesus in our heart, set aside time. A few years ago, I preached a sermon just on that. Take time to get alone with God. For example, on Christmas Day. Oh, after you open the presents and maybe sit down and have turkey and talk about Christmas's past, I encourage you, especially you fathers, take some time with the family and you lead them like the priest in your family and say, now, before we go any further, we're going to take a few minutes now and ponder Jesus. Daddy, what does ponder mean? It means to think deeply about this. And the father can share some verses from the Bible and some thoughts just at the level of the children. The mother might be able to speak as well. Invite them to take time to get alone with family and with God. First Peter 1 Verses 11 and 12 says, Both the angels and the Old Testament prophets, prophets knew that Messiah would come and we'd be born. They didn't know too much. But those two verses say they longed to look into these things. They wanted to know more. Imagine, angels know more than we do, but only God is omniscient. They had this holy curiosity to know more, to ponder it. And those Old Testament prophets that gave prophecies of the coming of Jesus didn't know it all, but it says they longed to look into these things. What that teaches us is we should long to look into it more and more. The greatest theologians have never fully discovered all the truths of the incarnation of Jesus, but we can all go deeper. Read the Bible about Christ's birth. Matthew 1, Luke 1 and 2, and various other places. And our attitude should be to have an eager heart, like a hungry man that wants more and more. I believe I'll have another helping of that Christmas turkey, honey. It says in the book of Job that we should long for God's word like a greedy miner digging for silver, and he finds a nugget, and he digs more and more. Friends, the Bible is a field filled with nuggets of silver and gold and diamonds, more precious than mere gems. It's God's jewels. We should have a hunger thir hungry thirst, wanting more, a holy one, a desire. Not just a curiosity about Christmas customs, like why do we have a tree in a manger scene, or who was St. Nicholas, or even who were the wise men, and what was the significance of the star? I've preached on that. But we should have a holy curiosity of the central message. God became a man. He sent his son into the world, born of a virgin, to save us from sins. How can this be? What does it mean? Develop a holy curiosity. Like that little child, your parents know, a little child reaches a certain age where their favorite word is, why? Why this? Not just, why should I have to go clean up my room, but why is this? Why does this do this? A curiosity. We should have a holy curiosity and a holy wonder. One of the great Christmas carols says, 
I wonder as I wander. So we should ponder and wonder. Luke 2.19 says Mary kept these things in her heart. The word there is she treasured them. We should hold on to something as valuable, like a miser with a box of gold coins. God has given us a greater treasure, the truths about Jesus. And of course, Jesus is the greatest treasure. We should ponder the truths about Jesus and treasure him in our heart. But with some people, Jesus isn't in their heart. As I said this morning, he's knocking on the door of their heart saying, I want to come in. And if you're like that tonight, let him come in. Open your heart. Open the door and say, Lord Jesus, come in to my heart. Mary pondered these things. What things? The words of the angel, the words from the shepherds, the words that Joseph would share, the words that she knew from the Bible because she would be an observant Jew. She'd go to the synagogue every Sunday and to the, every Sabbath and then to the temple on the holy days. But most of all, put yourself in her place. She pondered these things about that baby that was in her womb at that very moment. She was so close to Jesus. You know, sometimes people downplay Mary, but I respect our Catholic friends that speak very highly of Mary. One of the angels said, you are highly blessed. Imagine being the mother of the Son of God. And so she would ponder that. I can picture her laying back, patting her stomach and saying, this is God's child. This is God in the flesh. What if something happened? No, God would protect me and the baby. How can it be? He's, in those first few weeks, you're just microscopic, fetus growing. And then gradually she would sense the little kicking inside of her. How can this, just imagine Mary pondering Jesus in her heart and in her womb. But what else would she ponder? The sinlessness of the baby because he's the son of God. And the angel has said in Luke 1, 35, that which is conceived in you will be holy, sinless, impeccable, no original sin, would never ever sin in word, thought, or deed. And yet Mary would be made aware, I am a sinner, and I am bearing the sinless one. Then she would ponder the virgin birth. Remember, she had wondered, how can this be? She is wondering, I'm still a virgin. So it was a virginal conception and a virginal birth. And then she would, and she would meditate upon the incarnation because that's the essence of what was happening. God became a man. How can this be? Him that is omnipresent everywhere is now localized in a body, and yet, being God, he is still everywhere, but he is now in this body. How can this be? Charles Wesley wrestled with this when he wrote, Hark the herald angels sing, Veiled in flesh the Godhead sees, See the incarnate deity. Mary pondered that. 1 Timothy 3.16 says, Great is the mystery of godliness, God was manifest in the flesh. A great mystery. In the Bible, a mystery means something partly hidden and secret and partly revealed as if to lure us into asking more questions to learn about it. Great is the mystery. God was manifested in the flesh. When we ponder that, it's like looking deeply into something deeper than the Grand Canyon. You ever been to the Grand Canyon? In certain places, it's a mile deep. 
and you throw a pebble and you wait and you'll eventually hear it hit bottom. This is something like a bottomless pit. Deeper than we can ever imagine. Even in eternity, friends, we will be pondering these things and never fully understand it because only God can. But in heaven we will spend the ages of the ages looking deeper into it as we view Jesus. The verse says she pounded them in her heart, not just her mind. And then 12 years later, when Joseph and Mary took Jesus to the temple when he was 12 years old, Luke 2.51 says, his mother kept all these things in her heart. You remember the story. Somehow they got separated from Jesus. He was back in the temple. They were halfway back to Nazareth. Where's Jesus? Can you imagine her? That's Jesus. Let's go back. Joseph, we've got to find him. Has he been kidnapped? Where is he? And then when they find Jesus, they almost scold him. Don't you know you've made us worried? You've made your father worried. And Jesus very humbly said, didn't you know I had to be in my father's house, the temple? He knew at even age 12, he was the son of God. And when he shared that with Mary and Joseph, that's when Luke says his mother kept these things in her heart. Yes, he is the son of God. He is where he should be in the temple. And then they went back to Nazareth and Jesus grew up. And at age 30, he began his ministry. It says she pounded it in the heart. Not just the mind. There are great men and women of God that study the Bible and they got a mind filled with deep theology in ten different languages. They know archaeology, history. They know the Bible. But it goes no further than their mind. The mind is like the mouth of the soul where we bring the food in, but some people just simply chew it and spit it out. Kind of like chewing gum. Others, they chew it in their mind and they swallow it into their heart. Not just the mind, but the heart. The heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. And that's what Mary did, pondered in her heart. We see that elsewhere in scripture, for example, 1 Samuel 21, 12. David took these things to heart. Proverbs 4, 4. Let your heart retain my words. Psalm 119, 11, Thy word I have hidden in my heart. Brethren, I've been a Christian for 51 years. And the longer I live as a Christian, the more I see the value of the heart. Oh, I love theology. I'm a theologian, and I have the degrees to prove it, but I love to ponder these things in my heart, and I, I see the more, of, more of the value of the heart. That's the seat of our affections, where we feel love, worry, emotions, and holy desires. That's why God has given us a heart to know Jesus, not just in our mind, not just in our lips, but in the deepest part of our soul, the heart. And that's where we know his love and we love him heart to heart. Pondering Christ in our heart will produce a greater sense of God's love for you and will produce a greater love from you to Jesus. Brothers and sisters, let's imitate Mary as well as these others. Think about them in faith, digest them spiritually and ponder these things in your heart. Ponder Jesus 
about whom these things speak. Mary had Jesus in her womb for nine months, but she always had Jesus in her heart. Ponder that. And then when Jesus was born, she held Jesus in her arms. Let's ponder Jesus in our hearts tonight, brethren. And I encourage you to ponder, wonder, and worship. Shall we pray? Father, help us to ponder Jesus, to think about him. Give us a sense of holy wonder. And may that produce worship, adoration, and love for this Lord Jesus Christ. In the holy name of Jesus we pray. Amen.